Welcome to the Peanut Butter and Jody Podcast, where we discuss life, love, and the art of successful relationships. I'm Jody, and the love of my life and partner in crime, Laura, is by my side. Say hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. Hello. Hello. I am back for Me a, too. a second attempt at uh, recording this <laughs> podcast. Apparently, we were 10 minutes into recording the podcast, and Genius Boy over here, being me, uh, forgot to enable Laura's audio track. So I'm sitting here talking to, uh, yeah, pretty much no one. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was not a, not a pretty You're sight. talking to me, but. Yeah, but, but so it happened to say, hey, honey. And that's what it would be. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we are we are back and recording properly now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to welcome everyone back to our podcast and thank all of our listeners. Our our listener crew appears to be growing a bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, we want everyone who is listening, please encourage your friends, family members to take a listen if you're getting some enjoyment out of this. Uh, catch us on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to, to it if you are not subscribing to it. Get us on Google Play. Uh, search, go to uh, peanutbutterandjody.com, and that'll mm-hmm. bring you over to our site where we stream all this deliciousness from. And um, yeah, and give us a like, uh, give us a review, would be spectacular. Uh, go on iTunes and and click those stars as high as they can go. Uh, the the more of that we get, the higher that we get rated, and um, the more people we can attract. Because that's our goal is to to offer some semblance of help with our little bitty life lessons. Mm-hmm. Yep. So today, um, we are going to talk of a, a a little bit of a more serious topic. That's we both are familiar with. Very familiar with. Um, And those topics would be um, depression and anxiety. And things like, you know, advice people give you and things like how you should handle it. Um, And even here's some words of advice from some famous actors and actresses out there. And maybe even me. Not that I'm rich or famous or an actor, but I will speak... Uh, candidly of my own experiences. And, and I will um, also speak candidly of my experiences with dealing with your experiences. Hey, I am just a flipping peach. Oh. Am I not a peach? Mm, somebody's a rotten peach. Hey, but I have a big pit called a heart. Oh, it's an arc reactor. Uh, okay. Anywho, um, yeah, so we're going to discuss these topics. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can offer some some really good advice and, uh, and and let people know they're not alone out there. Yeah, and that that seems to be um, one of the the problems with maladies such as these. The word of the day: maladies. Malady. Mutant. Mutant myriad of maladies. What was the other one you did? It was about a paper, a minutia. Minutia. Yeah, all these M's. Microscopic melody. Microsoft. Microsoftish malady. All right. Anyway, go ahead. Um, people with these type of maladies do not um, frequently talk about them. They try to cope with them on their own. 
Especially men. Yeah, apparently especially men. Mm-hmm. And um, I can 100% relate to to that fact. And uh, for, for a, a ton of different reasons. I was going to say a myriad, but I don't want to keep using the same delicious word. Um, Variety. <laughs> but I, I do um, totally buy into that. That idea that that, you know, people are trying to to cope and deal with this stuff instead of uh, seeking help when if you really look at the situation as as it truly is, uh, you have to ask for help as though you'd ask for help for any other uh, issue. All right. Like high blood pressure. But I just want to throw a side note in there that I don't know if people are aware that depression attacks and effects 18 million Americans a year. 18 million. And, you and that's just the ones they know about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just the yeah. ones they know. And you don't even know people suffer from this because a lot of people just put on a happy face. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. Nobody knows uh, what individuals are dealing with mm-hmm. and how they internalize it and how they try to, to find coping mechanisms. And I, I could talk about some of the coping mechanisms that, that in my own family that I'm aware of. Okay, that that might be of some interest. Like the one uh, person that tried to jump out the first floor window. That one. Well, that's not a coping mechanism. That's an escape mechanism. <laughs> um, yeah. So I did. Yeah, we did I'm have done. we did have a uh, a female relative many many moons ago. I think it was like my mother's aunt who tried to to off herself by throwing herself out of a first floor window. So she threw, fell about three feet. That's crazy. Did not Literally. work out. Um, but one thing that that did expose to me, which I, I realized years later, is that there is a very long, tattered history of mental illness on my mother's side of the family. And? And on my father's side of the family. And what was I thinking when I signed up with this, for this circus? Hey, listen. Hey, there's there's lots going on in this three-ring madness. And... Uh, <laughs> They're just in your head. Yeah, well, many of much of it's good, uh, although... Um, you know, dealing with some of the things that I dealt with, you know, there, there have been challenges. I'm sure there will be challenges in the future, but I'm trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are with my support. Yes. So I will uh, take you back. All right, take us back. Just a hair back to the little Jody child. That's funny because you don't have hair. <laughs> well, thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> It's not that I'm bald. I'm follicularly challenged. Oh, yeah, poor me. It's my bubba. So, uh, go ahead. Back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, you know, when I actually started to see somebody uh, about these issues, he couldn't exactly um, label you. Label me because there's a couple of things going on. Um, some newer things and some older things. So first, I'll talk about the older things. So when I was a kid. Um, I would, I wouldn't say frequently, but I would explode occasionally. And those explosions would be relatively um, irrational to to some degree. Okay. Um, you know, it's like everything goes out the window. So let me ask you, let, give us an example okay. of like when you were like 10 or 7. I'll back take you back then, to about just an example. third grade. How about that? Okay. An okay. example. So one, I lived across the, the street from a kid. And, was um, this Louie? No, this was not Louie. <laughs> Louie lived down the street. Okay. <laughs> um, this kid's name was Tommy. I won't uh, divulge last names. Um, but Tommy lived across the street from me. And 
something happened. I was in third grade. My sister was in like seventh grade. And he said, I was friends with him. He said something to my sister. Okay. Okay. And then said something to me. Right. You don't remember what he said. Nope. Didn't matter because my reaction as a third grader was crazy. Okay. So I exploded on him. Okay. Okay. Verbally? Um, Nope. (laughs) No, the other way. Um, I grabbed him, threw him on the ground, sat on his chest, slammed his head into the ground. Oh, my gosh. Um, I was punching him in the face. Then I put both my hands in his mouth and proceeded to try to tear his mouth open. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that was uh, third grade. I don't think you ever told me that story. And I think I know why. Yeah. It's not exactly a rational behavior. When I would have episodes as a kid and to try to diffuse myself, um, I would bite my hand. So okay. in the fat part, if you go right behind your thumb, okay. the fat part of your hand, I'll demonstrate. I would bite right there. So I just bit myself. <laughs> she loved it. She loved the biting. I like the sound. Yeah. So I would bite myself hard enough to leave an imprint of my teeth for days. Okay. Wow. So I wouldn't quite break the skin, but pretty darn close. So you were like the fight club. Well... I, I didn't know how to deal with this instantaneous rage that was inside well, of me. Well, I thought the best word to describe it, you were trying to diffuse. Right. So my coping mechanism was to bite myself as I got older, uh, maybe ram my head against a tree, so pun- let me ask you punch a myself in the face. When you were on top of that kid yeah. and you were, you know, doing your thing, yeah. how did you stop yourself or did someone pull you off of him? My sister pulled me off. So what do you think would have happened if I your would sister... Have until his mouth tore Oh, open. Uh, my goodness. Yeah. And I was not a little kid. I mean, I was taller and a little bigger than most kids my age. Um, so, yeah, crazy. I, I would have hurt him bad. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, and not, not that it's a tough thing, but I wasn't feeling anything, and I was just blinded with rage, right? So, like I said... That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, I would do things to, to diffuse myself, like punch myself in the head like I had said uh, ran my head into a tree I punched a steel pole once in school oh that probably ended well it hurt yeah mm-hmm. um, but once it hurt I stopped you know yeah immediately yeah. so it wasn't like I was trying to quote unquote hurt myself because that's a different thing but it was trying to diffuse my anger um, when I was 17 I was working in McDonald's and um, so wait so from third grade up till the age of 17, there was mm. not really anything that you can think of that was crazy. Uh, like I had another issue. Okay, and this is probably an irrational reaction. I was probably sixth grade, maybe, at this okay. point. Okay. Um, and I had uh, a couple of friends were around, and um, I lost it for whatever the reason. They were, you know, yeah, sometimes kids get together and they kind of will gang up and start mocking one kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's kind of what's going on. And I'm sitting on my bicycle at the time. So the reaction isn't to just say, they didn't have their bicycles, by the way, isn't to just say, well, screw you, and I'm going to take my little bike, and I'm going to pedal my little chubby buns home. That's not how it went down. I got off of my bike, picked my bike up, and threw it at them from about two feet away. I believe it. Yeah. So I know you well enough to believe that. And I, I did. Yeah. Did anybody get hurt? No, no. Did they all run? Because they thought you were the Incredible Hulk. They left. Yeah. Green and- yeah, they left. Um, 
Yeah, and so there was there were I'm sure there were probably many other episodes like this. Did my, anybody have that in your family? I I don't I don't know. I I I recall one time um one individual uh I saw uh one individual explode once over something that was really inconsequential. You know, is really a nothing thing and he just boom right to the roof. Wow. Um, and you know what's interesting is one thing when I was when I was doing research on all of this depression and anxiety, especially, I guess, because they're, they're the two, you know, there there are I hate to say spinoffs, but there are different types of depression, different types of anxiety. So the two main ones, there was nothing that stated that it was genetic. It just said that it was a chemical imbalance in the brain and right. it didn't say that it was but a lot of times you'll notice that people that have these issues that you're talking about mm. it's usually oh my mother had it my grandmother had it you usually hear a story about somebody in the family had it so that's interesting i couldn't find anything about yeah, that um my mother well th- that the kind of behavior i'm talking about isn't necessarily anxiety or depression but it is a a manic kind of episode. Yes, and they also talk about manic. Yeah, um, so it's, you know, I would go from, I wouldn't go from super highs to super lows where some other members of my family would have true manic behavior. Mm-hmm. I would go from some normal range, maybe maybe mm-hmm. slightly slightly depressed range to the top and then back again. So I think manic is kind of a, a combo of... Of anxiety and depression, manic well, is. I don't, I don't know if anxiety plays too much into it, but it certainly is a is a depression thing, because there was for me it was never like there was never a happy medium state. There wasn't like the hey I'm pretty good. It's like I'm super happy, or I was super mad. That's definitely manic. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's more of a, a manic behavior. Um, but you know, after talking to. Uh, some family members and I, I'd seen the the issues with my mother um, and heard issues about um, some of her family members. Um, but more recently, I had a conversation. Oh, is that the dog? Every time. Yeah. So on Every cue, time. our lovely girl Allie just floated an air biscuit. Why every time we do the and, and, you podcast? Know, I'm just gonna say something, and it isn't. Oh it gosh. isn't like she went and had a healthy dump. No, oh. she's gonna sit right between us. Oh my goodness! Butt cheeks. You know, if you draw a line straight up to the ceiling, it's right between our heads, and it's like the day she didn't crap for like a day and a half. So she's she's backed up oh, and just floating just the stinkers awful. all over the place. I just think it's funny that every time you do a podcast, it seems she either, well last time she did it before. Yeah, well, yeah that's, good. that's the only time. A little preemptive strike. So let's go on. Well, to, let me let me let me finish what I was saying. Okay, I was going to so say let's go on to when after, you were seventeen. After having uh, we will after having a conversation with a very close family member of mine, I found out more about the tattered history of my father's side of the family. So my father being one who probably, uh, from what I can tell, his coping mechanism was not. Uh, you know, seeking help. Dad was a truck driver and uh, really not a part of my life. So he would flee. 
Yeah, well, he had... Um, no, pretty he co- fleed. He did. He fled. He fleed. He fleed. I like my word better. Um, he, he, we're pretty sure he had a nervous breakdown during the Cuban Missile Crisis, like legitimately, and just mm-hmm. literally just lost it after that. Um, but his coping mechanism would be, you know, alcohol and or drugs. You know, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know how much he drank and stuff, but we do know for a fact drugs played uh, a part in his life. Okay. And um, I did find out an interesting tidbit about my grandfather. So my grandfather had a coping mechanism. And I didn't know until very recently what this, what the purpose of these were. I thought it's just my grandfather liked peanuts. So my grandfather would carry around a bag of peanuts in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And I remember this during times of stress and anxiety, Pop would pop a peanut in his mouth. And I did not know that's pop why he pop did it. Pop a peanut. Pop a pop a peanut. Sounds like a Dr. Pop, Seuss pop. novel. Pop a pop a peanut. Pop a pop. Oh, you know what? I just did it. That you heard was just me not even funny. Rapping on air, baby. Anyway, so Pop would <laughs> pop a peanut <laughs> in his mouth. And, and it got to this point, though. Apparently, he was having a knee surgery or something of the sort because okay. he, he had a couple of bum knees. And um, while getting ready for surgery, he took a peanut and stuck it under his tongue. Before they put him under anesthesia, he could have choked to death or whatever. Um, but he did that to soothe himself. Okay. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Now, you would have taken the peanuts and probably hurled them at people. Yeah, I would have put them in a giant McDonald's straw and spit them at a high rate of speed at people's foreheads. So, you were going to have me talk about when I was 17? Yes. Uh, which episode... Of me being I don't 17. know. You said I remember when I was 17. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. I was working at McDonald's and um, a rather rotund fellow, not myself, because I was slim pickings back in them days. Were you? Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was working out during, during the 17, 18 years working old. Working out. Used to lift a lot. <laughs> wow. Anyway, yes. So I um, was working at McDonald's at the time, my favorite job ever. And I had a little bit of a sprained wrist. Okay. I remember this story. So um, this individual came up behind me knowing I had a little bit of a sprained wrist and grabbed my hand and twisted my wrist. That's so dumb. Why would you do that to somebody? Now, granted, it's stupid. My reaction, however, was... Not to flee. I did not flee. This uh, (laughs) uh, The level of pain I inflicted on this person was horrific so what i had done is uh i grabbed him my friend grabbed him from the other side who was who was with me and you know each grabbed one of his arms uh you know and i grabbed one of his arms put it behind his 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 back so i chicken winged him a little bit and i literally snaked my arm up put it on his shoulder and pushed until the back of his hand met the top of his head okay so the big bone, the big big part of your arm, uh-huh. that thing snapped like a twig. That's horrible. So his arm flung out in the wrong direction. Um, and even at that moment, in that moment of fury, I was, I was just blinded by rage at that point. And uh, I remember picking him up and I slammed him against the walk-in closet and I said, you fell. That's what you're going to say. I said, if you don't say you fell, I'm going to kill you. You're a bully. 
Well, he, he, he had something coming. He probably had a punch in the face coming. He See, didn't... I was more an intellectual fighter and than a physical fighter, but you had a whole chemical imbalance yeah. in your head going off. There's a big difference. By the way, many years later, mm-hmm. so we're talking many years, so I was 17 at the time, so uh, about two years ago, I uh, found this guy on Facebook. Oh, I remember this. And I, all this time, felt very horrible about what I did to him. So I reached out to him and I uh, private messaged him. And I'm like, hey, dude, Uh, I said, I know it's a really long time, but I really wanted to say I'm sorry for what I did to you. And he's like, man, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. He goes, it's so long ago. I don't really remember. And I said, "Um, I'm the guy that broke your arm. And that was the end of it. Never heard another word. Never heard another response. Nothing. So apparently he remembered. Wow. Or he still has problems because of that. Uh, He might. He might. um, He can never play guitar again. Hey. Or harmonica. Yeah. He he can never play um, the mouth organ again. Um, And it's a, I would, if I could not play with my mouth organ, I'd be very upset. Oh, yeah. Or my Jews harp. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, so that's that story. So we're getting an idea that you're you're understanding at what point, let me ask this, did you realize that listen, okay. I need to Well, here's the thing. Okay. I'll I'll I won't make this I won't okay. belabor this point. Mm-hmm. But um I would have various outbursts like this. Um, Why no? Because being married to you, I I experienced a lot of them. Over the course of our our dating and marriage, you've seen various numbers of outbursts. And unfortunately, my kids have seen a couple of these outbursts as well um, and have occasionally been on the receiving end of these outbursts. No, not. You make it sound like you physically hurt them. No, no, no. No, I didn't hurt them. But they saw the explosive part of me, which I don't, you know, it's embarrassing. Um but something happened with me a couple of years back. Now, I'm not going to give specific details really? about well, this. Well, that's something new. Yeah, I'm not going to give specific details. But I went through um, a series of traumatic events in my, in my life. Uh-huh. Okay? So we had a couple of family losses that were um, particularly devastating to me mm-hmm. and to you as well, obviously. Well, obviously, they were my parents. Hey, I listen. guess so. I'll get over it. All right. Anyway, um, but I, I didn't realize to what to what degree that it that it had had, had messed me up. Um, but kind of like it upset right, me and, and listen, maybe you, I'm kinda. telling a story. Back off, sister. I'm in the middle of, of tell, telling my tale here. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> you're funny. You're funny like a hemorrhoid. Come on now. Did it kind of upset you, Laura, that was your parents? Because it really upset me. Hey, so I don't know about you. This is about me, lady. Yeah, okay. Tell your story on your own time, Sally. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway, so um, I was obviously deeply affected by that stuff. Uh, yeah. And um, <laughs> at the same time, I went through a very uh, traumatic experience in my place of employment. That's all that I'm going to say about that. Okay. Um, but what I experienced at that time was... What I would consider very close to a total breakdown. Mm-hmm. You never want to see yourself literally feeling completely powerless. I I, I moved myself into a uh, a wellness room that we happen to have, and I'm sitting there on the phone 
with um, some clinician. There is a self-help line that one of my benefits offers. You know, if you want to hurt yourself or something or you're having some deep mental problem, you can call this number. Oh, that's very good. Now, it's not through my company, but it's one of the benefits I have. Okay. So I um, contacted these people and I'm sitting there shaking and crying, trying to deal with this, uh, what later became a tremendous anxiety episode. Okay, I'm going to say it. You never told me that until now. Oh, hi. How are you? <laughs> so, and I understand why because like they say, a man has a hard time. Yeah. So, now, so that was 2 years ago or so that I went through this. Thank you, bub. No problem. You feel bad for me now? No, I don't feel bad for you. I was here during that stuff, but it's weird how I always find out stuff here. I'm like a, I'm like a, uh, I do a podcast really. So you could really learn about me. I, yeah, things you don't tell me. Yeah. So, um, that was a very horrific experience for me feeling like, uh, totally lost. Like my world was ending is how I felt. They asked me on the phone. They're like, are you going to hurt yourself? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to hurt myself. Um, but I, I took a little time away from work mm-hmm. at that point and uh, started to see a counselor after getting my blood pressure and some other things under control. Um, I started to see someone. And at some point uh, during my therapy sessions, she had made the suggestion that um, I seek some additional help, you know, for some of these things. And she's the same therapist that I was seeing her prior to you. Right. Right. And then you have to piggyback on everything I do. Listen, like what? Disney? Oh, please. You piggyback on everything I do. Tattoo? I was tattooed when I was 18, sweetheart. No, I got an arc reactor. You got an arc reactor. That's so we can match. We can meld like Voltron. (laughs) Right? We can can wonder twin power here. I I was seeing Allie, and then you went to see Allie, and then we kind of went together. Yeah, because uh, during this period of time, I was having a number of episodes, um, these explosive types of episodes that were challenging our marriage. Yeah. And to what degree, I did not know. It uh, was revealed to me later. Like that it was two months ago. Yeah. Um, so it, it got to a point. OK, so here's here's how it, it kind of evolved. Um, these episodes were happening. I had a conversation with my family member about this to talk about what I was feeling and how I was feeling it. Which and family member? Was it, was it me? No. I, I'm not going to divulge who but I was But it wasn't me. With. That's It what was I not you. Um, and this, uh, this individual had said to me, he's like, I've been dealing with this stuff my whole life, you know, and so did your father and so did your grandfather. And... Um, He's like, this is something you're going to have to deal with it. And understanding, you know, that that this is what you're faced with is is important. And, you know, make an appointment and see someone. Now, what we're talking about, what kind of appointment we're talking about is a psychiatric appointment. Um, I also told you to do that. Yeah. And um, because of the, of the manic type of behaviors, um, I, I probably and the anxiety um, I needed some way to level myself out, right? So I made an appointment, and then we went on vacation. So, and, uh, 
you know, during our vacation, you know, we're swimming in the pool, having a grand old time. And Laura <laughs> drops the bomb on me. She's like, hey, I'm so glad you're going to see somebody. And I didn't say that. Because I'm getting ready to jettison your chunky ass. I didn't say that. I said we needed this. We needed this vacation. You went, well, what do you mean? To relax? And I went, no, because, you know, it's becoming very difficult to deal with you. Because what was happening was um, we, we went to the therapist together and she gave advice on how each of us should handle confrontations and disagreements and all of that. And I did. And you went and said to me, I said, what did she tell you to do? And you went, I don't care what she told me to do. That was I'm in the not midst of going a fight, to do right? it. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, it got bad. I mean, you know, I was going through days upon days upon days of just, I didn't know what mood I was getting from him and from you. And it was very, very difficult. But as I told Bubba, that it would take a lot for me to leave because I would go through and, you know, go through therapy and and have him get medication and, you know, work on it because, you know, I love him so much. And for me to just throw my hands up and say, it's a done deal. um, You know, that's that's it takes a lot to get me to that point, being that I want to fight for what we have because it's so important to me. You know, but I, I needed I needed you to do something. Right. So I had already and not just drank by the pool. I mean, no. like I needed uh-huh. like a for real solution. Um, I, so I made an appointment actually prior to the vacation um, and um, we went about probably about a month ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And the psychiatrist asked me if or asked you if you wanted me to come in as well. And, uh, and of course, I said, yeah, because, uh, you know, we're we're a team. And um, so we went in and we had a discussion with him and I, I laid all this stuff He's out great for him. too. Yeah, he was really he great He was doctor. really good. Um, you know, and I, maybe we'll have him on one day. That would know. be nice. Yeah, I think he, he almost almost volunteered that he might do that. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> he did. What did he say? We, when we told him that we have a podcast, he's like, oh, I'll come on. Oh, he did say that. He did. And uh, maybe we'll have him on one day oh, to talk about some yes. of this stuff. Um, but I... With his facial hair. Yeah, I have, I have facial hair. No, because it was the... I, you don't have facial hair. You shaved it off. <laughs> oh. Forgot about that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, but the, the point here is this, mm-hmm. that um, it took me a long time to get to the point where I realized that I was in trouble and fighting something. Right. And um, you didn't realize how it was affecting our yeah, marriage. I, I didn't realize just how deeply it was affecting things. Our marriage. And um, I, I really want people to get over the idea that, look, if you need to see someone to treat your chemical imbalance or disorder in your brain, it's no different than then going to see a doctor for high blood pressure. You can't see that either, but it's a silent killer, right? Well, guess what? Let me tell you something. Anxiety and depression uh, causes more damage and shortens your life just as much mm-hmm. as all of these other things. And people have to get over the idea that, oh, well, I don't want people to think I'm nuts and I'm going to a shrink and all this other well, stuff. You know who said that it was John Hamm. John Hamm. From Mad Men. Who has apparently a giant penis. 
Okay. This, I don't. I can't say from experience, but um, there's some ham hocks in them ham pants. So I heard. I wouldn't even know that. That's just something I Why heard. Do you know Picked that? it up on the street. Um, but he had said that you know for a long time he fought telling people because of that what you just said. This you know people associate going to a therapist and especially a psychiatrist as crazy. And that's not true. And he said that, you know, you would take care of any other thing, any physical ailment you had. If, if you couldn't see right, you get glasses. Yeah, if you so, can't hear right, you get a hearing aid. Yeah, so why be afraid of this? And, and I myself was very resistant, right? Yes. Um, but I can tell you after um, being uh, helped a bit chemically for about a, a month now um, that the the change in my demeanor, the anxiety that I feel and continue to feel since my episode a couple of years ago has subsided significantly. It has. I don't and I, sweat. I have noticed. I don't a sweat anything. But I'm going to tell you what's really interesting is when I was going to the therapist and she I was having my own issues and which I dealt with for years. And she told me, you know, she got very concerned about me. And she said, listen, I'm very concerned about you. Um, go see somebody so they can put you on medication. So I went, went on the medication, kicked in just a tiny bit of something. And it does help me. It helps me feel better about myself. And you were all for that. But when it came time for you, to get medication, you said, I don't need that. And in my head, I'm going, I'm a man. You I'm a man. have more issues than I do. And you're kidding. I am a man. Flesh and you and know blood. what's interesting hmm. is one of the things that I found was that, and I thought this was interesting, that women internalize. So they usually suffer from anxiety and depression where men we're it's interesting because we're kind of like a model for each of those like i internalize and you externalize so you have the sometimes you're standoffish and sometimes you would be aggressive right and it's interesting because i agree with that just from knowing me and you i understand that yeah and that that i i could certainly vouch for the fact that that's the way that it was um yeah, that that explosiveness, that you know, that outward manic behavior is was some sort of a, a diffusion or, or some sort of you know just a display of what's going on inside of me, you know. And uh, as horrible as they are, I hope to not see them again. Um, I know the way that I feel now. I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not glazed over. I'm not like sleepy medicated. Um, well, you know, I noticed. The medication did help you because, for one example, we went to Comic-Con a few days ago. Right. And we brought our son for the first time because he wanted to go. And he did not want to be there. And he can be a moan job and difficult. And you usually would have exploded and said, you know what? Your mom really wants to come to this and you need to get a grip. And you would have probably freaked out because last year we had a really bad bad time with you at comic-con yep i was having some over a bag literally me trying to find a bag to put free stuff in yeah. became a 
manic episode. It was just crazy. So this yeah. year, Christian was acting up, and you were kind of like, all right. And you're kind of like putting your arm around him and, you know, goofing around. And it, and, it was and just no a time, whole other experience. Yeah, and the funny thing is that at no time, what was that fake? No, it anything? wasn't. I could tell it wasn't. And I wasn't feeling all the feelings I get when I'm getting charged up. I wasn't feeling any of that stuff. But like I said, I don't, I'm not glazed over and medicated and sitting in a corner. I function perfectly fine in my daily life. I'm, I'm still adapting to it. Um, but I, I sleep better. Um, and Laura's happy. Yeah. Uh, I, but I, 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 I do. I sleep better. Aren't you glad that? That you're happy? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, happy wife, happy life. I'm going to just say something interesting that I just thought about. Tell me. Years ago, when people had a mental disorder, mm. they would do something drastic like a lobotomy. Yeah, somehow right? that's okay. And now today we've come so far that, you know, we have these doctors that have decided, you know, we don't need to do that. Just some therapy and medication and, you know, so it takes an adjustment and, you know, hopefully it'll help you out. Yeah, so, but people won't go. All right. So we're going to talk about advice that people will give you that have no idea. Yeah. Um, and we've probably all have gotten it. So, you know, you get one of those melancholy days and you, you feel like sitting in bed or bashing your head against the occasional wall. Tree. Or tree. People will give you, throw one of these at you. Why don't you just get up? <laughs> get up, get dressed, you'll feel better. Just pull yourself up by your proverbial bootstraps and you just hit that road, fella. No. That and the best one is the second one. Yeah. How about this? Why don't you get yourself and go to church? <laughs> you know, the the blood of Christ will wash away Satan's hold. And these are actually um, statements in a, um, there was a woman that I was reading about her battle with depression. That's what it was called. And it was a coming out story. And she had been on Facebook and there was somebody who was saying that they were depressed and all these quote unquote friends giving advice on what this person should do with their depression. And these were two of them. And then we had the, <laughs> this is great, give up dairy. Yeah, because <laughs> dairy's just another gluten. <laughs> also, right. take St. John's wort. Yeah, that'll, that'll keep you moving. Or how about this one? Join a sport. Yeah, just go out there and play some rugby, fella. Take a football and just throw it at somebody's face and have them bleed profusely. That's what I would better. do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah give, me, give me that. You want to play golf? That thing's a, a weapon in my hands. Are you kidding me? Let me drive so, a tiny little ball about five billion yards. So there is. So anyway, um, her name is Aaliyah S. King. And I, when I read her article, uh, I I shared it with you, and her writing was just great. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and read the whole article. It's very short. Um, she's a mother, and she's an author of two novels and three nonfiction books. And she actually wrote this in the New York Times. So her name's Aaliyah S. King. Aaliyah S. King, and the name of her article in the New York Times was My Battle with Depression, A Coming Out Story. Yeah, I would strongly suggest reading that because she puts a very... Um, realistic spin? Yeah, yeah, completely realistic spin and a little dose of reality coming from someone who's 
who was dealing with it. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of like famous people. I mean, one of them was J.K. Rowling, actually. Yeah, why don't you, do you have the article with you? I, I know, I just did some excerpts from it, though. I didn't do the whole thing. Like, when we talked about the blood of Christ and just use that, and that'll wash away, you know, Satan's hold on you. Why don't you read a clip or two of that? I was going to, but I was I was setting it up. Okay, well, so the setup I, is the article by Aaliyah S. King. I already said this. Okay, there you go. Okay, so when she talked about the blood of Christ and somebody actually gave advice to this person on Facebook, this was her response. She said, I don't, I know I don't know Jesus or his life, and I know that the blood of Jesus may indeed be miraculous. Um, so, you know, that tells you that just when somebody has a chemical imbalance, that's just ridiculous advice to give. She also says that I know playing a sport helps with endorphins, but if the man on Facebook was reaching out about his depression, um, he needs two things. This is what she says. You need therapy and you need meds. And the other thing that she said is dealing with depression and all the mental health issues. It's like having a broken leg. You need a doctor and a cast right away when you break your leg. We all agree on that, right? Would a pair of crutches help? Yes. Can it replace a doctor and a cast? No. Can you ignore the fact that your leg is broken and get up and walk it off? No, you can't. And she also states that when she was going herself going through depression, she turned to drinking. And she found what was interesting is when you become an alcoholic and you're going through Alcoholics Anonymous, that you have a sponsor. When you're going through depression and anxiety and other mental disorders, you don't have a sponsor. And she wants people to know that you're not alone and you have to try to find people that, as she calls it, she's a resident of Crazy Town and she's been a resident for years. Um, So she talks about, if you read it, hopefully you will, that she talks about how, you know, difficult it is dealing with it. And she states that how do you pull yourself out of depression if you're depressed and how do you pull yourself down from mania if you're manic? It's very interesting. So she went to a, many doctors to find out, you know, who fit her. You know, you got to find a doctor that's going to fit you, a psychiatrist, a therapist that kind of deals with you. And I read it and it was just the most easy reading. So again, it's Aaliyah S. King. And um, this was in the New York Times. So if you want to look her up, My Battle with Depression. A coming out story. Yeah, and I, what I'll I'll do also in the um, description of this podcast, I'll put a link in. To, yeah, you should because to the article because um, um, it was just very well said. Yeah, and you know it's funny you mentioned that today. Actually, there was a, a New York Times article published today by her. No, um, but it had to do with anxiety and depression in young people now and it's more severe than ever that's really awful so what they found out um today is um it has to probably do with the fact that they're not face to face with people or a lot of them are on facebook and yeah and i think a lot of that has to do with it too there's no 
personal relationships are very superficial. They're very on the surface. They're very distant. There's no interaction with people. So why do they think? Well, it's... so I don't, I'm not sure why, but okay. it, it could, it's probably a lot, a lot of stuff like that. Also the, the pressure you of need the society. Human, and, you need human interaction, like, um, like in person, not so, just, So you know? listen to this. I'm listening. Um, in its annual survey of students, the American College Health Association found a significant increase to 62% in 2016 from 50% in 2011 of undergraduates reporting overwhelming anxiety in the previous year. You know so, why I think? Hmm? They're very ill-equipped for life. So a lot of the kids, including ours, they were home. Yeah. And when they go out there, you know, they don't do interviews anymore. Everything is done online. So they don't yeah. even have that. So when you're faced with having to to be put in one of those situations, it's going to create stress and anxiety because you're not used to relating exactly. to, to people. And also, interestingly, um, the, the number of uh, hospital admissions for suicidal teenagers has doubled over the past 10 years. That's really horrible. Doubled. Um, so kind of with the, the, it's almost in line with the advent of this technological age and the, the rate and speed at which everything has gone, this is, has increased at the same pace, this kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that, that that's exactly what the cause is, but, um, the point being is that this is, is, you know, an epidemic level thing and people are just dealing you know, mm-hmm. they're doing whatever they ha- they can to deal with with these kind of disorders um, and without ever biting the bullet. And, and I can speak from my own perfect example that it took me time to admit to myself that I can't deal with this anymore. It's causing pain to my family and I need to fix it. And? I did. And it's causing pain to your family and? Uh, my wife and your wife, but you are my family. I am. Yeah. And you know what? I'm your rock. So speaking of the rock, did you like that? Can you smell? So for those people, those listeners that are sitting back saying, but Laura, AKA peanut butter, what famous actor or actress deals with this? Mm. And then here it comes. So we have like The Rock, actually. The Rock? Suffered from depression. And do you know why? I did not know this. Why? So you don't really know? No, I really don't. Okay. So he was not drafted by the NFL. Uh, well, that I knew. Okay. He, he went injury, to a Canadian football CFL, team. CFL, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they let him go. Damn. Then he ended up living in his parents' basement. Wow. And that threw him into depression, and um, which is also environmental. Sometimes it's environmental, sometimes it's chemical. Um, in his case, I guess it was a, an environmental one, but he had it in his early 20s. And he came out a couple, not too long ago, and said that he has a couple things to say to people that are suffering from depression. Don't give up hope and have faith that good is on the other side. Hmm. So it's interesting because I didn't know The Rock had depression. But, and I can smell what he's cooking. <laughs> Bacon. I can. I can. Um, then we had a couple. This was interesting to me. Uh, Wayne Brady said what you said or what we said. I guess that 
he had depression for years and was afraid to talk about it because he's a guy. He's the quote unquote man and men do not talk about that. Right. Yeah. You deal with stuff. You're supposed to deal with what life throws at you because you're a man. And guess what? Sorry. Doesn't fly. Which is we, we are. We are all people. Are we? We are all participants in this human race well, and, and we all will suffer um, okay, so I, so I have greater muscle density than a female. Blah, not blah, always. Whatever. Not always. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I'm not going to go, uh, you know, <laughs> fight in China you know, or, or Beth Phoenix or some crazy bodybuilding woman. I thought you meant China, the country. Yeah, I'm not fighting them either. Um, so other ones, there's only a couple more. Um, Lady Gaga, she's had depression, anxiety all her life pretty much. And so she and, still deals with that. Yeah, and, and fame and fortune and everything no. that goes with it. Uh, that's the queen. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It um, Anxiety and depression does not discriminate. No, it doesn't. And speaking of not discriminating, we have Kerry Washington, who is African-American. Yes, see? And, and as is The Rock and as is... Is Wayne Brady. So is this an ethnic problem? So Kerry Washington, this is interesting. She would use food to cope with her depression. Been there. To the point that she would pass out. I've not been there. I don't know how that happens. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I I eat when I'm happy. I eat when I'm sad. She actually, (laughs) you do. She actually has like um, an organization, I guess, with Michelle Obama where they talk about that's and postpartum and not postpartum PTSD PTSD right um Cheryl Crow she had also in her 20s and she wouldn't get dressed on some days or leave the house and she said it is a chemical thing with her yeah so and and she's before Lance Armstrong well yeah well the the nutless wonder and the last one I will leave you with is Kristen Bell but she's in Frozen. She didn't let it go. She didn't let it go. Uh, she had depression and anxiety. And she said that there is no shame in seeking help. So wow. there you go. So it's not just the hmm. normal people. Well, we're not normal. The real people. Um, it's also like Robert Downey Jr. actually has a freaking psychiatrist that lives in his house because yeah. he has so many issues. And I think I, even with those people, it's it, it could be even more prevalent because the when you achieve a certain level of fame, in The Rock's case, he hadn't achieved the level of fame yet. But in some of these folks, they have achieved a certain degree of fame and have a lot of those things that, you know, people think are going to make your problems go away, which it won't. Um, you know, the the desire to keep that up or to continue to be successful, or like Lady Gaga would freak out. Tria told us this, that she would freak out before a record release, even though she's she's tremendously successful. I want to watch that. That's the, the uh, biography about her yeah, on Netflix Yeah, on Netflix, there's a, a, like a, a biopic about her. Uh, so, But it's, it's real life. It's her talking and everything. Yeah, so it's actually an autobiographical, I guess. Yeah, um, So, but she she would become paralyzed by the potential success or failure of her latest release. And you're talking about someone that's selling tens of millions of records in a world where literally musicians making money almost don't exist at this point. You know, Mm -hmm. nobody's making money anymore in music. She's tremendously successful, but I think that that presents its own 
tremendous amount of anxiety. Well, you know, I think you said it correctly. It doesn't matter how much money you make. No. Nope. doesn't matter how famous you are. Nope. It, it hits anybody and everybody. Yeah, and it's just, in Children, my, in my opinion, in my opinion, it's a matter of of dealing with it, accepting it, and getting the appropriate help, whatever that is. You know what's interesting? Is. And I agree. I agree completely. Mm-hmm. Get help, absolutely. Yep. Or talk to somebody, even a friend, and have them direct you yeah, in the correct way. I take it from me. I've, I've, I've made a, a life of dealing with stuff on my own a lot, you know, especially as a kid and, and, you know, with no supervision, all this other stuff and dealing with a lot of the challenges of life. This one is, was, you know, and it's not a failure on my part because I had to seek help. It's a, it's a success that I admitted it. And it's, a, it's a success that I took the steps that a lot of people are afraid to take. And you can't be afraid to take these steps because, um, this can be a life changing thing for you. Instead of being a life-ending thing for some people who try to cope with tremendous bouts of depression and bipolarism and, and you anxiety, you can't. And people are out there killing themselves over this stuff. And um, it, it, isn't, it isn't worth it. There's and you're always, not alone. No, you're never alone. There's always someone to talk to for one if you you're feeling like that. You can talk to us. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but there's always there are always organizations and people to talk to. And get the help that you need. Treat it as though you you broke your ankle. Treat it as though, you know, something like that. If you are sick, you go to a doctor. And that that is exactly what this is. Treat it exactly the same way. Well, you know way. what's funny is we deal with it in two different ways. You were externalizing. I was internalizing. Right. As I said before, so we both had issues. And we both went to therapy. And we both had medications to help us right we're both screwed up and i think everybody's a little and you know what misery does love company yeah and i'm am a proud uh resident of crazy town just like her just like her and and i'm okay with that and i'm thankful uh for you dealing with me for as long as you did and supporting me in the way that you do um because you supported me too because i have issues too sure um i have a ritz bits issue Hey, yeah, we're sitting here staring at a box of Ritz bits and uh, with the leftover of a Toblerone, just sitting there. I left that for you. Calling my name. And, uh, what is that? Halava. 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 It's a halava. It's a halava treat. <laughs> Tommy hated that. He did. All right. Okay, I think this was very good, uh, very productive. Hopefully, it helps somebody out there to know they're not alone. And yeah, and, and find it's, help. Uh, yeah, definitely find help and don't be afraid to take that step. Um, don't regardless, touch my wine glass. Regardless of what stigma is attached to to that, don't be afraid to do it. Um, I can uh, vouch proudly vouch for the fact that uh, Prozac is my friend. And um, it has uh, is changing my life uh, as the minutes go by. I know. I agree yeah. I, I, with myself as well, with my therapy and my uh, my little magic pill at night. Yeah. Hey, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Keep this whole bliss going. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for for listening. And um, what did you say? Thank you for keeping this marriage alive. Did you just say that to me? I did. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, it's The Rock. It is, see? And he was depressed. So it all works. All right, sweetheart. All right, Bubba. Thank you for the for the wonderful talk. You're welcome. I You're love welcome. you. I love you, too. It's a love fest up Aww. in this piece.
And uh, we will be back with some more action very <laughs> shortly. All right, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.